Welcome back to Arts About. Show about art that's a work of art in itself, Mark. While you're fiddling around over there, we are notes. putting together a work of art. Yes, we are. Yeah, we are. Of course we are. Morning, Sally. Good morning, John, and good morning, Mark. Good you are in the Audible P studios today listening to us, uh, bringing you Arts About, brought to you by the generosity of the McClellan Sculpture Park and Gallery. And you're here with us, uh, Artist-in-Residence and Cultural Sounding Board, John Baird, Thermodynamic, Mark Stewart, and me, tirelessly, Sally Bailey. John. Yeah. What are you going to be on about this week? I went to headquarters during the week. Oh, what's on there? Uh, all sorts of things are on there, but uh, what I went there specific to look at was the tableware show, which is fabulous. Headquarters? I've never heard of it. NGV. Oh. Table, uh, what was it? Tableware? Yeah. Oh, really? Crockery. Oh. Uh, and tableware, teapots, plates, cups from 1950 through to about 1980. Oh, from European? Or all over think? the place. Oh, interesting. Or Western not not Asian. No. Mm, okay. Mm. Interesting. What have you been up to this week, Mark? Have you got anything particularly? Um, a lot of things, but um, yes. I'm anything that you can possibly talk to us about <laughs> today. <laughs> Depends if friends are listening or not. But um, <laughs> uh, yes, no, I'm going to talk about the future a little bit and um, the NPRG, the upcoming ex- exhibition called Obsession. Oh, mm. that's got a good name. It, it could has. be interesting. Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, well, this weekend, it is, um, in fact, this afternoon, this very afternoon, it's the Summer's Art Fair and we're going to be talking with one of the organisers of that event about it before the station crosses there live uh, this afternoon. One of the organisers, Pippa Howe, will be talking to us uh, a little later on about who's in it and what's happening there today. Uh, the gates are open already and Oak Hill Gallery have put together the artworks numbering in their hundreds and they also coordinate the judging. Uh, if you don't know, the uh, Summers Art Fair is a major funding event that's put on every year uh, for the Summers Primary School and uh, amasses a great community of local artists because I think that there's quite a lot of them living over there and uh, it's a great opportunity for families to get out together and see a little bit of art. There's also music and market stalls and all sorts of things down there so that's on now and if you're in the area think about going down there we're also going to be talking with artist Mark Schaller. He's the Melbourne-born painter and sculptor who was at one time one of the original Raw Collective uh, that was the first, uh, Raw being the first artist-managed studio in Brunswick Street that was set up in the 80s. He's a long-time friend of John and I, a newfound friend of Mark's. And Mark Schaller's in the process of creating a body of large-scale wooden sculptures that on a farm in Bonio on the Mornington Peninsula that's going to open sometime soon and we're going to hear all about that. Uh, now, I've, next up, I'm just while we get uh, our first guest, Pippa, on the phone, I'm going to play a track called Drum Negrita. It's by Rai Kuda and Manuel Galban, who is uh, a Cuban. Um, I think he is a. I think he is a. I think you'd say he's a guitarist, but he's a Cuban who was part of the. Oh my goodness, I'm going to go completely blank now. Yeah, What's yeah. the? I'll tell you when I come back. The social I'm, club. Yes, yes, the Buena Vista Social Club. Sorry, I just had a complete. Brain melt for a moment there. Here it is. Uh, this is a drum negrita. The Summers Art Fair is now in its 15th year and is held in the beautiful coastal village of Summers on the Mornington Peninsula. Uh, it is Summers Primary School's most important annual fundraising event and features a large auction halfway through in the afternoon that uh, auctions off work donated by artists to raise money for some 
rather special curriculum at the Summers Primary School. And to talk to us a little bit today about it is one of the art coordinators, Pippa Howes, who has been involved with the Summers Art Fair for several years. She's on the line with us this morning. Good morning, Pippa. Good morning, Sally. Thanks so much for talking to us today. My pleasure. Pippa, um, it's a big job. I think I, I sat through and had a look at the website yesterday and counted upwards of 200 artworks, I think, that's part of the program this week, this year. 313 this year, and that oh. include our totems and sculptures. Yes, okay. Uh, clearly I didn't count course. them. <laughs> that is extraordinary. That's a huge body of work. I know. I've got a lot of different stuff this year, so I've got... Um, Oil paintings and sculptures and photography, a lot of different stuff. So hopefully it please a lot of different people. I know the um, the judging process of it is pretty. It must be pretty extraordinary. You've got it divided up, I know, into a silent auction and a, and a, the main auction itself, which is at two o'clock in the afternoon. Yes, it is. How has it been divided up? Is it in lots of different categories? How uh, how, how has that worked? For the for the it, for the totems. We have totem poles that are sort of our signature pieces, so they're our auction items, and we also have a sculpture and two um, pieces of painting that have been kindly donated by local artists, John Best and Billy Nye. They'll be in our auction. Mm-hmm. Our silent auction is also our donated pieces, which some very kind artists have donated to us. And then we just have a regular art exhibition where the artists sell their own work. Right. So, so it is, it is a great opportunity for artists to actually, I mean, they do get something back from it, don't they? They do, yes. And, and pers- we've got quite a wide audience now. And so. a percentage goes to the school and a percentage goes to the artists. Yeah, we take 20% of the commission and the artists get the remainder. Yes, okay. So it's a, there, it's a great incentive actually for, for local artists. It's, Are they all it's local? It's good for us too. Yeah, of course. Are they all lo- to, um, artists from around the locale? Most of our artists are, but now we're on Gallery 247. We've got a much wider reach, so we've got some artists from around Victoria now. Wow. So people are having to drive a long way to drop their pictures off to us. <laughs> yeah. they'll, they'll do it. Artists are so desperate to show their stuff. Of course they are. <laughs> of course they are. <laughs> and, and, and desperate. It's a great day. <laughs> and, and to contribute, I'm sure. But uh, how, how much uh, did you make last year? Do you have any idea about the figures? I think we made, we made over $30,000 for the school, which paid for a brand new oval for the school, which is the kids are... Oh, really? Oh, that's wonderful. 30000 yeah. yeah. Oh, that is a good thing because it because it, it really looked like it needed it the last time I was it there. It did. It was very bare in patches, but now it is lush and green. <laughs> oh, how fabulous! How fabulous for all the visitors that are coming along as well. Oh, they'll notice the difference this year. There'll be no potholes. <laughs> now, your your the icon of the Summers Art Fair is, of course, the totems, and I know that you get that, that the wonderful artist Christine Wigley has done usually has has one a new one in there and also the children make one don't they the children have made one they've made one with our um, principal mr greer and the pe teacher uh, luke jenkins so they've they've done a collaboration that this year i think it's called breach it's going to be a whale but we have, they haven't revealed it yet so we haven't seen it very kept under wraps <laughs> oh fantastic do you know what materials they're using i, I know it's predominantly would, but okay. I'm, I'm not sure what else okay. they've done with it. Right. They do like to keep it a secret until the big reveal. Yes. 
Wonderful. So the the artwork is on display, I understand, from about ten o'clock in the morning, and there's, um, as I think I mentioned before, there's a silent auction for some of it. The auction takes place at uh, two o'clock in the afternoon. Is that right? Two o'clock on the oval, yeah. And how many pieces are going under the hammer at that? We've got eleven pieces. Ah, so the main body of the um, of the auction is a silent auction. Well, we've got. The, the, so the main is just the art exhibition where people could just come in and pay for the pieces they love throughout the day. Understand. And then at two o'clock we have the, the, the auction of, of 11 pieces. Of 11 pieces. Yes. So that would be all the totems. We've got a, an amazing sculpture by Paul Mutimer this year. And then a Billy Nye picture, um, a John Best landscape, which is beautiful. Oh, he's, and yes. And pieces that have been made by the children. Brilliant. And um, as well as that, of course, is that there's all sorts of stalls and there's food. There's a and... market with all craft and some amazing food vans. And we've got a, a cake stall, like an old-fashioned cake stall for the first time this year and a cafe in the old schoolhouse, which will be doing cream teas with scones and tea. Mm-hmm. And also uh, there is an entertainment stage. There is. We've got three amazing bands this year, as well as... Some of our young pupils, which are playing guitar and piano, showcasing a bit of our school talent. Yeah, terrific. Well, uh, it's already started, um, as as I said today, um, and uh, Audible Pier going to be we're going to be crossing to them a little bit later to talk to uh, to see hear some of that music and to talk to some of the artists out there. Um, the the day runs until what time? Pippa? Five o'clock, but we all wrap up. Five o'clock this afternoon. So fingers crossed the sunshine. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, for for any of our listeners that are in the area, um, if you're listening on your radio now, there's still plenty of time this afternoon to get down there. So uh, it's, where is it? It's Summers Primary School, which is 87 Camp Hill Road in Summers. And uh, there's lots down there. Take your family. Thanks so much for talking to uh, us today. So I've just got oh, one last yes. question for Pippa. Yeah. Uh, Pippa, I love your Summers accent. Can, can you just pinpoint me where exactly it comes from? I'm trying to find out. Um, I'm from England originally, I south know. of England. <laughs> but South London, is it? or? It's a summer's lilt now. Sorry? Just for the summer's lilt. Okay. Yes, but where, where, where are in, you from? Where, where in London? Is it, are you from London? From Portsmouth on the South Coast. Okay, so, okay South Coast. Very well. Lovely accent. Thanks for talking to us today. You've no done a great problem. big job Thanks and fingers that. crossed that you get well past your 30,000 this year. Yeah, fingers crossed. Thanks, Pippa. Right. Bye. 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 Okay, well now it's time to listen to a few of our sponsors and we're going to come back with Mark Schaller, I hope. Mark Schaller was a founding member of the Raw Group, a breakaway artist-run studio that began in Smith Street in Fitzroy in the 80s and attempted to change the way artists and the end user interacted, railing against the hard-edged abstraction, minimalism and conceptualism of the times and roaring against the art establishment. Raw disbanded or fragmented decades ago and it's many individuals and uh, are prolific singular artists these days. And Shala works with many mediums such as uh, ceramics, glass, sculpture, painting and printing. He's shown his face down here on the Mornington Peninsula lately, not far from where I live. And I saw as I drove out my local laneway the wooden form of Nimrod appearing from within a very dark piece of local cypress released by chainsaws and I assume some slightly more delicate instruments. Ultimately, it took its place in the Lawn Biennale earlier on this year, and he's on the line with us this morning to tell us what else he's up to locally. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Sally. Morning, Mark. Good morning, John. 
Good the, morning, Mark. The Frenchman's here as well. He's good morning, there. Mark. Okay, so we've done that. Yeah, yeah very good. <laughs> Mark, um, it is interesting to see a little bit of your work appearing off on a farm in Bonio at the moment. What's going on? Well, I'm preparing to uh, have a sculpture exhibition there and I've been working down there for a couple of years. Uh, it's a friend of mine's farm and they've so graciously and kindly allowed me to use their field to, um, to make sculptures. So it's me, uh, a tractor and a saw, pretty and, much. And a few olive trees. And a few olive trees. And olive trees. You can find me and I'll be outstanding in the field. But you're, ca- you're not carving olives. Trees. No, no, he's surrounded no, no, by them. Um, oh, I see. I get cypress pine, and I've got a um, an arborist on the peninsula who collects exotic timbers, and uh, a lot of them are being chopped down because they were planted about a hundred years ago, or that's about the life expectancy of a lot of them. Mm. So he collects them, and um, he'll sell them in log form. Uh, I, ass- them. I assume no. it's they're mostly cypress, are they? That's it, that's what I'm using, yeah. Um, And I did notice actually in that terrible, terrible windstorm that we had maybe six weeks ago, right across from you, one of the most enormous cypresses came down. Did you get a piece of that? I did indeed, yes. And the fellow who was chopping it was very nice and he said, I'm welcome to um, bits and pieces. So I went over with the tractor and I did, yes. Oh, good. Amazingly, it was right there, yes. (laughs) So what are the largest pieces of wood you're carving? What's... Um, I get they probably weigh about a ton and they're, um, you know, about uh, eight metres long and, um, you know, the diameter is probably one and a half yeah. metres, yeah, yeah, something okay. like that. Yeah, that's big, eight metres. It's huge. Mm. Yeah, they, they're really big. But you're standing these up? They're going to be totem-like or they're more horizontal? Um, no, I'm sort of making figures and I, I really, you know, I'm not um, too about the way the wood is. I don't look for something in it. I'd, I'd like it to come in great big blocks if it did. Yeah. So you do a fair bit of uh, fabricating as well as carving, don't you, Mark? Do you cut bits and join them together? Yes, exactly. And I use a method. I use um, a big auger bit and dowel like boat builders okay. from centuries ago. Well, do you know it's not only the boat builders that the Greeks and the Romans were also, uh, you know, they had a lot of their, and the Egyptians, a lot of their sculptures were constructed. You might have seen that the arms and the legs are often um, added on. And I did. I saw one a little while ago, a 2,000-year-old Egyptian wooden sculpture. Exactly. And it's in the um, Athens uh, Archaeological Museum. Right. And it's, it's still, the form is still quite recognisable, and it's a woman milling grain. Right. Yeah, it's yeah, beautiful. Yes. Well, have, uh, did, you, uh, did you not see uh, Michelangelo's last piece of sculpture he was working on, which was um, <clears throat> another Pieta, but it was he, he started um, cutting off arms and sticking them back on elsewhere, and he completely... It, it's, a, it's a mess, but it was the most extraordinary um, uh, and attack. And it's in marble, is it? That's in marble, yes. And he's yeah. one of the... I mean, obviously, yeah. you would have seen his unfinished I've seen piece. his slaves in the academy... Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. And they're not often reproduced. I no, they're not. Why, but, um, no, no. They're kind of pretty wild. They're pretty wild, exactly. So it's, yeah. So it's the way to yeah, go. Yeah, they're in Florence in the academy. That's the one. 
Okay. Oh, that's where David is, of course, isn't but it? David's in the yeah. academy yeah. as well. Dear old David. Yes. Dear we old... love David. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly, yes. Uh, so tell us what's... You're creating some pieces down there on this farm and how... how uh, they sound enormous. Are they going to be moved? Where are they going to go to? Uh, yeah, they'll be moved. Um, He's got a, a tractor. Of will stay on the farm. I've got a whole lot of small ones I'm working on. Um, we're going to have an open day. I'll let you know when. Mm-hmm. And, um, this year? Everyone's invited, but... Um, uh, yes, I can move them. There's a crane truck. You move them with a crane truck and you can pretty much put them anywhere. Yeah, transport's never a problem. No. No. Goodness, we, we've really solved that problem. We have with solved transport. that problem. You can put any, take anything anywhere in the world. Yeah, well, we're, mean, not, yeah we're no longer greasing Carrara logs and rolling things come, around, are we? They go straight from Carrara to anywhere in the world. That's true. And they've just got a, a boat waiting there to yeah, take no, them exactly. away and then... They're monstrous. They're the size of a giant container. These blocks of marble. Yeah, but tell me, are you the, the exhibition is going to be the opening will be this year or your plan? Yes. Okay. M- maybe mid November. Right. Okay. Great. Now Nimrod was painted. <clears throat> are they oh, all Poseidon? Yes. Poseidon. Nimrod's I beg your pardon. Good. I like it. Oh, I'll sorry. Yes. Cell. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> he, he was the blue sea guy, wasn't he? That was it. The lawn <laughs> biennale. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, so what's the difference blue. between between the two, Nimrod and uh, Poseidon? Who was Poseidon then? <laughs> he was God, Greek god of the sea, but um, I'm not. I, I think Nimrod was Nimrod. the. Uh, it's like Jupiter and uh, <laughs> Nimrod was the. Um, it was the Roman, was he not? Poseidon uh, was a Greek, and no, I, yeah, I thought the Nimrod Roman had the three. You know, the three. Three the, 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 no, I like him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, well, we knew no, who we were talking though. about. So, so are the pieces that you're doing now? Will they end up painted also? I've been painting them, yes, and I, that's what I really like about it because you know, primarily I'm a painter. Yeah. So, um, you know, and there was. I think it was Ad Reinhardt said sculpture is just something you trip over when you're trying to look at a painting, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, which I really like. But, you know, I'm painting them so they're more like three-dimensional paintings. Right. Oh yeah, okay. It sounds it sounds fun. Now you've got a really fabulous setup down there. there I, I see that there's three containers set up to create a nice little sheltered space for you to work in. Is it nice down there? Because you, you're pretty yeah, close I, to the ocean there. Yes. Oh no, I love it, and I love all those cup hills around there. And I've done some sculptures of the hills. They're like landscape sculptures. Oh, really? Yeah, but that's all old volcanic. Uh, country. It's pretty fascinating, I reckon. And then, of course, you've got Gunnamatta Beach yep. down there. Yes, it's very beautiful. Those hills between where you're, that I imagine that you're talking about, which is that, that big uh, cattle station called, is it Gunnadar? Mm. Uh, yes. The beautiful, beautiful curves and, and shapes of it in the evening light is just, a, I would think, a sculptor's dream. It's very interesting to think I, that perhaps you're doing it. I agree. It's absolutely mm. beautiful. And it's just, they call them the cup hills, and the, I suppose they are like overturned cups. Or... Those hills, Mark, are um, rippling results of the fault line that runs through there. There's a basalt side, yeah. which is on over on Phillip Island's side of that part of the coastline, and yeah. the other side is the uh, the limestone edge, and limestone and basalt smash into each other there, and it causes it that kind of rippling through the landscape. Mm. Fantastic. Uh, like a shockwave. You... 
It's a geological phenomenon. It is. Yes. Uh, Mark, just to fill you in, Nimrod was a biblical figure uh, described in the Bible coming, oh. coming from Assyria. Or oh, I should have gone to those. Uh, I missed out on my early religious instruction. <laughs> yes. It's never too late. <laughs> okay, yes, yeah, so Poseidon, I do beg your pardon. <laughs> well, we're really looking forward to find, to actually being able to see a little bit more of these. And you will let us know, of course, won't you, when, uh, when you're going to have this open day. I'm assuming it's probably going to be towards the end of summer. Oh, I was thinking before Christmas. Oh, really? That soon? Yeah. Oh, okay yeah. then. All right. Well, um, let us know um, as soon as you can so that we can alert people and tell them where you are and how to how to come and have a look. No worries. All right. Well, look, it's great talking to you today. Thanks very much for chatting with us. So, uh, uh, John, uh, you... Can I, can I just yes, say a little go ahead. joke? Yes. A little um, joke. Yes. Um, Mark, you, so you spoke about Gunnamatta Beach, <clears throat> which is a magnificent beach. I don't know whether you're aware that in... Were you, are you a surfer? I do, yeah. Right, so in the, you know, in the 70s and 80s, there used to be a, a very large sewerage tunnel. That's right, pumping station. Pumping station, called. pumping out there. And yet all yeah. the young surfers still went out undeterred. <laughs> That's right. That's right, but they'd come back with an ear infection. Yeah. They'd, I, say, they'd say, earache my eye. <laughs> yes, how many of us know friends who came... Or, or, had ear infections from exactly yes. that. <laughs> it's been right, great Mark, talking to you soon. today, Mark right. Shaller. Yeah, yeah, nice to talk to you all. Uh, see you soon, I hope. Probably right. tonight. See you Bye. 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 Okay, well, that's good. Mm. That's before Christmas, so that's only a month away. Yeah, well, we'll see when he decides who he's going to launch all that. That'll be exciting. Yes, it will. An afternoon in a paddock. Yeah. I think about him up there sometimes, and I, I heard some audio... Uh, stuff somewhere of a guy who just kept saying over and over again, what's he doing in there? <laughs> and I thought, that's pretty well what's going on up there for me. What is he doing what in there? Is, what's going on? Hey, I've got a funny little track here from Jonathan Richmond, which I'm going to play now. It's called Dancing in the Lesbian Bar. Oh. And uh, then... That reminds me of a story. Oh, Thank you. You're most welcome. Says Swanee. Yes, and uh, it's nice to sit here, Sally, gazing over the desk at you. Mark Challa was telling me that uh, he thought that when you he knew you when you were young, and he thought that you would almost certainly go off to Hollywood and become a movie star. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank God you didn't do that. Here I am sitting behind a radio mic. What does that say? <laughs> that says you've survived. You didn't yep. get sucked into the maelstrom of all that and come out of the yeah. hashtag Me Too campaign. Uh, I'm, it's interesting. This is something that interests me. The um, uh, tableware show at the NGV, uh, mainly because when I was looking at it, it um, made me think about a whole lot of stuff that is sort of about the mystery of art and uh, the difficulty of understanding what art actually is or can be. Mm. Um, in that, I went. I actually went to the NGV to have a look at the uh, the Turner, the Val Doster. Your favourite painting. Yes. Mm -hmm. and, uh, that they've had the audacity to rename the Schaffhausen, Falls of Schaffhausen or something, but I prefer it as the Val Doster. And um, while I was there, I nicked around the corner to go around to the other end of the gallery to spend a bit, little bit more time despairing at 
the Tiepolo, uh, and on the way through, down the passageway... Uh, despairing because you hate that painting? I hate that yes, painting. Yes, that's right, yeah. yes. I was just but you've got to have a interesting that you should have, you know, you go to see the painting you hate. Don't you have a painting you hate that you go and look at? Uh, no, I will often I wake up to them, yeah. So. <laughs> 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 Walk out the door, but uh, yes, I guess so, but go on. And the corridor in between the Turner and the Tiepolo uh, was full of 1950s to 1980s tableware, which is an exhibition they've got on at the NGV. And I was looking at these objects. Some of them, in fact, quite a lot of them, uh, would look quite at home in an op shop. Yeah. It's the sort of stuff that you see in an op shop. But in the cabinet at the gallery, uh, with the text um, accompanying it, uh, it suddenly took on this sort of preciousness, uh, which was really interesting. It was, And, in fact, I thought... People own paintings, and why do they own paintings? You know, yeah. why do, we talk a lot about why artists make paintings, uh, and perhaps not quite as much about why people own paintings and what sort of what the painting brings to their life. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, that what a painting should bring to someone's life is a relationship that is satisfying in some way. You know, mm. so it pleases them in some way, or it comforts them, or it interests them or it intrigues them or it gives them an opportunity to um, engage with other people. Uh, the worst side of owning paintings, of course, is paintings that are owned because, they're, because of the prestige or, um, you know, show-off kind of ownership of yeah. paintings. Uh, but tableware can do the same thing. You know, people would buy tableware at a store, unpack it, get it going around the table at home, you know, people using it. And they, the loveliness of them uh, can bring the, a similar relationship without that sense of it being art. Uh, but beautiful, particularly I thought the 1960s stuff with uh, a lot of, uh, they used a lot of green. Did they? Yeah, there was a lot of green. Uh, is it, this green is and Euro orange. European? Yeah. Yes. Is this the European? Uh, Western... Or? So Western, yeah. you know, I don't know whether they, I don't know just, specifically where they were from. Just let me interrupt it before I forget. The um, do, you, do you remember the in the sixties there was the uh, his name's Carl Andre, who did the uh, I think it's thirty two bricks in a pile, no oh, yeah, flat. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And the big discussion was: Are these thirty two bricks art sculpture or art? Yeah. And if you put them into the car park of the Gallery. Are they then just bricks? Are they just bricks? And then you mm. bring them inside to the gallery, just in exactly the same form. It becomes a sculpture. So well, there is a there is a transformation that happens. Yeah, mm -hmm. without a doubt. You know, you put it on the gallery wall or on the gallery floor in that case, and uh, it does transform it. Well, it transforms the idea of it. Yeah, which mm. is, I guess, that's part of it. And uh, uh, in relation to a teapot in the in an op shop or a tea shop tea, teapot yeah. in, a, in which, the gallery, which brings to mind the the role of the curator in a way because. Because it is, it, it is that curation that has brought that to that particular point because of the viewpoint of the curator. And sometimes we berate, I mean, you know, there, there's an awful lot of uh, shows that are curated with, that is, you know, a lot of rubbish. which is a lot of rubbish. But there is absolutely something really pointed about that selection, isn't mm, there? Mm. Mm. Well, and, I, th and I think it's something we've seen a couple of times in the Paula Gandell 
part of the National Gallery, that back room, oh, yeah. which is on the first floor. Mm. And they have uh, very beautiful, particular shows about bamboo, uh, Japanese bamboo sculpture and, and um, teapots and things like this. Quite beautiful. Mm. But the sort of shows that you, you, you have to sort of reflect on just how beautiful these things are as, only as objects. There's no sort of intrinsic value in, in, to them. Yeah, well, enjoying them as objects is part of um, you're being allowed to enjoy it mm. uh, once it's been transformed by the gallery case and behind the glass and mm. with the accompanying text, you know. And no, I think that's an important part of our understanding of art, what art is and what it can do. Well, it's true, because especially in relation to the museum, because it is making something particular, whereas when you're talking about the painting coming into a house, mm. you know, mostly, as you know, not mostly, often it's because people have a spare space on their wall right. that they, they they know already where the what they want, and then they start looking for it. And the, I mean, I used to say to people, don't you look at the painting, let the painting look at you. Yeah. And that's another aspect which you, you, know, you sort of have to, you're aware of this presence, but not there's, actually have to uh, look at it. There is a, there's a line out the other side of that relationship where people have art in the house or paintings in the house because they want to have a relationship with it. And there are paintings in people's houses that they bought for other reasons, essentially for decoration. <coughs> and um, a decorative panel like that isn't necessarily going to give you the relationship that you might sort of hope for. Well, no, it's more like having a pet or nostalgia. It's about people, you know, they, where they've bought the things. Is often I the do case. remember seeing a uh, group of about uh, five people standing in a gallery in France uh, and um, they were all standing with their hands on their hips staring at the air conditioning unit on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Which, Slightly puzzled. Which itself had been transformed by being in a gallery, yes. presumably. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is, it is fascinating, isn't it? it and I think outside. that that is the very thing, the, that idea of having um, obvious curation and, an, and almost an instruction next to each mm. of the uh, artworks in galleries that describes it and, and gives it import because of, of its contextualising. I think that's the very thing that David Walsh plays with down at Mona. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. Which is to remove that. and, and The and, object uh, itself yeah. doesn't become more precious by being in a situation where it is viewed as a, a, a special object. It's the gallery that actually yeah. is on view there rather than the object itself. Yes, well, that was a problem with Bilbao, that the gallery itself is so magnificent, just so extraordinary in, in itself, both inside and outside, that the art pales in significance. Oh, except in for ways. the Richard Serras. Except the Richard Serras. They, they yeah. managed fabulous to... Richard Serra. Yeah. He's just fabulous. Yeah, yeah he's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So, what do you got there, Mark? You got pages of paper with yes, little, he little has. small Tiny writing one on page. it. Okay. Scary. So, coming up at the MPRG, the oh, yes. great yeah. local gallery, on the 30th of November is an exhibition called Obsession, <coughs> yeah. which sounds a little like French perfume, with hints of musk and a soupçon of lemon myrtle. But no, it is an exhibition of painters such as uh, Pamela Piccinini, oh. um, Dick Swallow, and Jeff Jinks. Right. Do you know those guys? Yes, Piccinini yes. is the uh, is the sculptor that does all the those the lifelike things, things, a bit like um, Ron Merck. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And Ricky Swallow is. Except uh, hers are more deformed, aren't they? And constantly. And I led same. you by the hand toward a Ricky Swallow sculpture one afternoon, Mark, at, in Melbourne, and uh, it was a little record player with some um, 
figures that had been small carved figures were on top of it and were moving around in a kind of a little dance. Okay. Yeah, that's Ricky Swallow. He's a wood carver. I wonder if he was the same person who I saw an exhibition in Sydney in the early 80s in the, in the national, national, in the Australian, what are they called? Sydney Gallery. And there was, it was of a, I could hear the music and I was going through all this art and I could hear this Hawaiian music and I finally came towards this, what was a fry pan with mm. sausages dancing the hula hoop in the, in the fry pan. <laughs> well, I wonder if that was Rick. Could be Ricky Swallow. He's a beautiful carver. There's a uh, there's a table of his uh, which has a, the full Dutch still life, you know, food, you know, like mm-hmm. you know, the dead fish and the oh, hands okay. and the chooks and in what medium? All carved in wood. Oh, nice. Okay. Mm. And painted? No. No, just just. Yeah. To, oh, really? Mm. Okay, so this exhibition is about the artist's obsession. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, where to begin? problem is that one of the female participants has complained saying that she's not an obsessed artist mm. but a single mother working mother with a mortgage and a healthy profitable relationship with facebook twitter instagram and a couple of really nice dating apps mm. realestate.com and some lesbian porn for those quiet moments well she just can't shut up about it no. well mm. nevertheless the show will go on perhaps mm. jane is hoping for a succès du scandale right which is a successful scandal yes but we will see. It opens up on the 30th of November. Hopefully mm-hmm. we'll all go. Um, I think we should go. Yeah, let's go together. Mm. Yeah, so... We'll Obsessively. Obsessively. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. <laughs> let's go and obsess it. Obsessive. Yes, yeah, so it would be good to see because I think we are seeing far too much compromised art where all the juice, sap and mystery has been voted out. Oh, yeah. Things change. I, mm-hmm. That's a compromised art. That's yes. quite a nice term. You like that? Voted yeah. out. That oh, that's a, a good genre. Let's, let's yes. create that as a genre. Mm. Okay. And I, and I did censor myself here. Mm-hmm. Too, by the way. Oh, good. So, as the French say, plus ça change, plus c'est la même chose. Everything that changes, everything the same. More, the, more it changes, more it's the same. But the coming decade will see significant advances in sensory systems. Yeah. Everything's going to be censorized. Okay. Uh, meaning, uh, meaning, responding to us, or well, we're responding I'll, to I'll it. I'll get onto it. I'll okay. Start, sure. And there's machine learning, uh, predictive an- analytics, basically trying to you know, fortune telling, and artificial intelligence generally are going to be becoming a big part of our lives. So says CSIRO's digital um, mega brands report, Data Sixty One. Right. Oh. So, I, I heard a really good way of thwarting artificial intelligence just recently. <laughs> Apparently, artificial intelligence can't cope with the double negative. No. Right. So that's all you need to do to completely confuse it. Well, I'm sure okay, so that, just store that uh, in your memory well, banks. Not only artificial intelligence, a lot of other people. Mm. Yeah, me. Um, well, it's a double negative. <laughs> yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be so sure. No. Um, uh, I wouldn't not do that. No, exactly. That's okay. Yeah. So there is additive additive manufacturing which is the industrial cousin of 3d printing yeah everything will be built up instead of being carved out of material so that means there's no waste endless design iterations and a lot of possibility they already build um, bronze casting molds they're they're, they're printed rather than um, made by achieving a a hollow by melting something out of it really Yeah. So they they measure with some. Bronze. They measure they measure the original with a laser, mm-hmm. and then that laser re- recording uh, can be emailed anywhere into a printer, and the printer will 
print a block with that hollow inside it, and then they can fill that with bronze. Wow. Yeah, they're doing this a lot for sort of old car parts and things like that already in sculpture. I, yeah. I know, um, well, I won't go on to the exit, it's a long story. So, aut- autonomous flying taxis, we've spoken of yeah, before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Zero emission. You're not getting me hanging up Low the bottom noise. of one of them. You'll be hovering around soon, don't worry. Vertical takeoff, etc. is great. Uh, Larry Page of Google is testing his Kitty Hawk pilotless anti-taxi called Cora in New Zealand right at this moment. Mm. Uh, many others will be hovering near you soon. So technology is uh, changing rapidly, and technology that uh, is in support of art is changing rapidly. Well, we spoke about that, the mural, last year, last week. Um, and I th- I'm thinking that if you uh, get Keep a... interrupting me. I'm not going to finish my story. Well... Go on, quick. If you get a router to cut a lino cut, mm-hmm. a big, huge lino cut, you get a result... You can get the same result by just having that image printed with a laser printer in large format. But do you still call it a lino cut? <laughs> well, no, but then, I mean, that's like the jiclay prints, John. I mean, you're a perfect example. You do these beautiful paintings, but then you make jiclay prints of the yeah, paintings so yeah. that they can be spread around to mm. more people. I mean, that's basically the idea. Of yeah, that technology, technology is beautiful. Yeah. But I guess I think that is the point of most of this technology is that you, you know, we will come back to the I am, I am in support of it, but yeah. I think that um, some of the name nomenclature mm. is incorrect. Well, that's all new, so I guess they're looking, you know, they're not exactly literary um, experts, are they? A lot of these people. Etymology, smetomology. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. Just to continue, we've got voice control. Big time. I don't oh, know yeah. any. Either you have a, a Google Home or a. Um, no. I don't trust it. Amazon no. Alexa. No. So none of us trust them. So that's something where we're all sure. Even Spotify annoys me the way it picks its own music yeah. for me. I hate that. How dare it pick the music I want to listen to? But you the, don't have to let it. Well, no, I don't. I stop it immediately. <laughs> I put a stop to it. Jesus. But they, the you know the voice is going to be the next paradigm of computing. Mm. Brands are building what Amazon calls skills. The voice version of apps already is is in action for everything from booking an Uber and checking your Qantas Freedom Fire points. You can do it by voice, and so it's going to be more. It's going to be all through the house. There won't be any microphones or sensors. It'll just be integrated into the way your house is built right. and your car. So there'll be very little. You, you'll be talking to things. Freak out. Yeah. No more pressing buttons. You know, electric cars, Mark, mm. they're so quiet, they're dangerous. Yes, I know mm. that, John. So, that was the first thing mm. they said. So now they're making them, no, they have they're to, legislating so that they have to make a noise. Yeah, but they have so why really? would they make them make the noise like a car? No, 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 no it's it's be, get out of the way, get out of the way. Couldn't they sing a little song or make a whale <laughs> noise? It'd be like living next to a, um, a crossing, you know, a, a, what are they called? The railway crossing. You know, the beep, beep, beep. Can you imagine living next to that every bloody second minute? It's a, noise is a big problem. Sound, but the voice control is going to be a big thing. So the you know, blinds and things like that, no good. Okay, so that's it. Uh, I'll forget the rest. Companion robots, that's the next one. Oh, yeah, companion Roll robots, people. yeah. Come on, Robbie, let's go go down the cafe. I can't wait. (laughs) Can't wait. We could actually go on for ages, couldn't we? We could. Well, there's especially those LA um, sex robots. Have you seen those? What they I have. Well, I haven't seen <gasps> them. Unbelievable. I, I, I've seen the manufacturer of them. Yes, yes they do look rather. Yeah, they cost about twenty five thousand, both yeah. male and female. Yeah. But they can also help you, you know, around the house. So. Yeah. <laughs> and, make, and make you feel good about yourself. Do they talk back? And they talk back. They can, <laughs> you can teach them how to take, you know, tell jokes. Hey, but you can't do the double negative. No. 
There's a literary lunch coming up on November the 2nd at Bistro Alba in Sorrento with uh, award-winning photographer Robin Lee. Go Bookings are essential, so go to just give Bistro Alba a call. So is that a, a book of photographs? Yes, it is. It's called Bohemian Living and it sidesteps the world of carefully constructed interior design images and asks the question, what does it mean to be a bohemian in the modern world? There's also an, uh, an exhibition coming up at Upstairs in Rye, which that's is... That's not a question a bohemian would ask in the modern exactly. world. No, that's right. Upstairs in Rye has an exhibition coming up, friend of the show, Mick Yankovic. Uh, Things of Stone and Wood and Paint, it's called, in, which is three artists, including Mick, Pierre-André Session and Emma Yankovic on the 1st of November. Yeah. There's also Ronnie Van Hoot at Buxton Real Estate in... Um, Oh. The Buxton Gallery. Buxton Gallery, okay. Yeah. Ronnie Van Hoot, apparently it's a very good exhibition. I don't know who he is. He's a New Zealand, I think, sculptor. And oh. um, he was in Lawn Biennale, as they all were. And uh, But he's apparently it's a good exhibition. Artists of the Peninsula Studio Trail have got an exhibition, an open studio weekend coming up in November 7th and 18th and 24th, 25th. I'm sure we'll get some artists from that in over the next couple of weeks. And there's also Bohemian Harbour, Artists of Lavender Bay, Museum of Sydney, November the 25th. Ooh. With uh, Ronald Wakelin, who's a beautiful painter. Yeah, Isn't Roland Wakelin. Roland Wakelin, yeah. Brett, yeah. Uh, Peter Kingston, Tim Story, etc. Ah. It's on at Sydney Gallery. Okay, mm. if we're there. We'll I go. love Roland Wakelin. I love Roland Wakelin too. I think he's brilliant. I've never, I, I hadn't, didn't know of him before. He's mm. a bit like Claire Beckett. Oh yeah. Oh really? That sort of Clarice Beckett or Claire? Claris, sorry. Claris. Claris. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. You're not good with the first names, I'm Mark. Not, no, not <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> he, we get there in the end. Now McCulloch and McCulloch also have a spring sale and an art parade and exhibition coming up, which is a celebratory sale exhibition of selected works gathered over ten years of presenting their Aboriginal art on the Mornington Peninsula. There's work from eight, more than eighty works from all over Australia, uh, and that is on Sunday, November the fourth. Uh, at 2.30. It's a free event. Go to McCulloch and McCulloch's website to have a look for that. Now, the Summer's Art Fair is on today. As we've right mentioned, now. Sev- it's on right now, exactly. Uh, so that's Sunday the 28th. So if you're in the area and still, uh, it is still on and it's on until 5 o'clock. The, the main event, the uh, auction, is on at 2 o'clock, but there's lots of entertainment, there's food, there's family activities, Coffee. and there's an ex- silent auction that will run throughout the day as well. So there's plenty unless on you, there. Unless you're in- Listening to this on Wednesday when it's repeated. Uh, oh yeah, then it's Wednesday. It. It's you over. missed it. That's right. <laughs> so <to> next year. <laughs> now, um, if you've just tuned in, you've missed Arts About. Goodness me, what a pity. But you can hear the repeat on Wednesdays, as we've just mentioned, at twelve, or listen to the podcast on the station website. You can listen to us on air, streaming, or from the RWB phone app. And we also have a Wooshka podcast address you can find by checking into our Facebook page, as well as get info about our guests and some of the events we've been talking about. We'll be on again same time next week, which is at 11am on Sunday. And remember, everybody, we may not know everything about art. We know what we like. We like lunch, Mark. Lunch? Yes. Lunch. Yes, Very good idea. All right. See you all. <laughs>